Hey there, and welcome to Yes, a Stripper Podcast. On this podcast, we'll discuss how classifying each other as people and workers is dangerous to society and marginalized groups of people. We'll also talk about the climate in and outside of the strip clubs and all of the amazing things that strippers do. And of course, we'll talk about all of the things in between. I'm your queen, A.M. Davies, and this is Yes, a Stripper Podcast. Hello, everyone. AMD, aka the Queen of Sexy, new day, new earrings. If you're not watching these YouTube videos, you sure as hell should be because I have figured out how to use Snap Camera and I've run out of different types of earrings and different types of shirts that say words on them. So I have to wear filters that give me new earrings because I don't want to keep wearing the same earrings over and over again. I want to keep my aesthetic fresh for all of you. Anyways, today was an amazing opportunity. I had the chance to chat with Molly the Stripper, who is someone who I have been um, fanning over for, gosh, like a while now, like maybe a year and a half. So it was really awesome to sit down and chat with her and get to know her on a different level that is not apparent on Instagram. So... There's so many things that you're going to learn about Molly the Stripper and also what it was like for Molly growing up Mormon and then being a stripper, including having her sister be a stripper as well. So I can't wait for you to hear all of these stories. I do want to give you a little bit of content warning if you're anyone dealing with grief currently um, due to losing a loved one from COVID or to other circumstances related to COVID whether it was directly or indirectly related to COVID, um, just know that that is subject matter that comes up very early in the episode. So um, big shout out to Molly for sharing her life with us today. Um, So I just, it was lovely talking to her and I am very much looking forward to you listening to her and um and just kind of soaking in the calmness that she exudes during a time where everything seems chaotic and america specifically is dealing with some upheaval so being around her calm energy for the last hour was cathartic and lovely and i hope that some of that calmness rubs off on you today wherever you are and however you're feeling and just know that all is well at the end. I hope that you enjoy this episode with Molly the Stripper. Here we go. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Yes, a Stripper Podcast. Today, I get to talk to someone who I have been fanning over for like a year and a half at least now. Hello, Molly the Stripper. Hi. (laughs) It is such an honor and a pleasure to have you here with me today. Thank you so much for sharing your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. How are you doing these days? It looks like you might be back at work at Trails. Yeah, the um, our club opened back up in May. Wow. So Utah is one of those um, kind of states that's like that. Um, but yeah, I've worked not a lot. That's why it may not look like I'm there a lot because I'm really not there a lot. Um, so so I'm good. I'm just working occasionally. I've taken a lot of time off. I obviously was off during, you know, when we were shut down, which was like March to May. Yeah. And um, since then, I know we had reduced hours. I know we've had reduced staff, but we've been lucky in that we have been able to still have an income. So, yeah, is your state is the state overall doing pretty well? Because here in Los Angeles, we're I don't see people. Yeah, (laughs) you know, in Salt Lake, it seemed a little more like people took it more seriously. I just moved back to Ogden, which is like a smaller city that's like 30 miles from Salt Lake. Mm -hmm. And and I've noticed in these outer cities, no one like gives a fuck what's going on in the rest of the world, <laughs> um, which is weird, but I don't leave my house much. So yeah, um, that's just a feeling I've gotten when I have kind of like ventured out. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is like super sad, but my dad died of COVID in December. So and sorry. so that's, thanks. Um, 
but yeah, so I've been kind of, you know, I was already taking a lot of time off. He was in the hospital for like 21 days or whatever. And so I've been just not working a lot during all of this. I haven't wanted to be there. I've And I've felt good that I've, you know, been saving for years. <laughs> yeah. And I've been in a position to like, um, be able to take that time off when I yeah. needed it so badly right now. So, yeah. So sorry. I feel like sometimes when people are like, Hey, how are you? They don't expect you to like tell them how they really are. And I'm like, no, I'm going to tell you how I really am. This is what's going on for me. Yeah. Um, how are you doing? Oh, I'm, thank you for asking. Um, I haven't lost anybody significant to me. So, um, I'm grateful to have friends, family support, which I really need because I'm learning how to walk again. And yeah. yeah. And something that I mentioned on a live Instagram video recently was, um, you know, I'm dealing with the psychological part of not being able to fight or flight. Um, and during a time where all we see on the news is civil war, like 20,000 troops in our capital, which is basically, uh, I don't want to say premonition because this shit is pretty obvious that this was going to happen if you were really paying attention over the last four years, but basically seeing unfold what my fears were that, mm -hmm. you know, the country will start to crumble and fall apart. Well, four years ago, I had all my feet and legs. So cut to, you know, when things are really ramping up and heating up, I'm like, please, can I learn how to walk again faster so that I can learn how to run and mm -hmm. like jump up at a moment's notice and pack my cats into a cat bag. Mm -hmm. Um, so dealing with like ever, seeing everything that's happening in the world and being able to like stay, have a calm mind that I would have once had if I had all my legs and feet, I would have just had one last thing to worry about. So there's sort of an unsettling that, that you deal with when you don't have two feet <laughs> that I don't think is talked about, especially in our community because we're so used to being able-bodied mm -hmm. you know so that's how I've been doing yeah 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 I did see a post that you made um when he was in the hospital your father and um I was hoping that he was gonna pull through like your mom did so yeah. um that's really terrible news but I was so touched by the fact that you all would um sing to him every night while he's we in the did. hospital as a family. I bet, I bet they were pretty annoyed with us because it was probably <laughs> an hour, an hour to like three hours every night. Wow. Um, we were, cause we were just, I think we were, we didn't know there was nothing else to do. You know, you can't go see them. You can't go bring them food. You can't. Yeah. And he was, you know, uh, ventilated for, for 21 days. And so uh, that was all we could do. And mm. so um, it was nice. I have, I have three older sisters Mm. Um, and so it was, it's actually a lovely memory in a way that we got to do that. I recorded some of them and yeah, and yeah, but it's really touching. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I'm sure it's still a vulnerable thing to, it is, but about. I, like I said, I've been able to really sit with it, um, yeah. all along instead of like, you know, trying to, I heard once that staying busy is like a trauma response and I tried to avoid that this time because I've definitely done that in the past. Yeah. And this time I just took the time I needed to process it. So I'm actually doing, you know, pretty well and I feel, you know, fairly comfortable to, to discuss that's, it briefly. That's great. Thank you. Yeah. So mm -hmm. some of the things that you told me about yourself, I was just, I, and I told you before the recording, I just, I'm so curious. I have so many questions because, um, you do a phenomenal job of, of, um, not revealing all of these things, but still feeling like I'm getting to know you in a way on Instagram, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. And so I just really appreciate that. Um, Cause I personally am very word vomity. I tell everybody everything on Instagram, um, which I don't know if necessarily good or bad, but 
Um, yeah, so I just I learned so much about you. And one of the things that uh, you said is that you're you're more spiritual than you let on and that you meditate twice a day. I'm meditating more than that right now. <laughs> wow. Like, um, it's everything going on. I'm just yeah. like, I need lots of solitude and quiet. Um, because I can't hear myself. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, everything's so chaotic and loud right now that I'm just like, uh, feeling very withdrawn. Um, but have seen, I've, I call it to my sisters, I call it cocooning. Um, cause I just can sense that like, there's nothing super negative about what I'm, what I'm doing, like that. I'm not like super depressed or anything. I'm just like, no, it's, it's a time of, of, of quiet rest. And, <laughs> yeah. um, I forgot your question. I went down a little. <laughs> oh, uh, we, it, I was just commenting on your spirituality and that I was already impressed that you were meditating twice a day and now it sounds like it's thrice or. Yeah. I'm kind of just going, uh, I learned to do transcendental meditation. Have you heard of that? Oh, I definitely have heard of that. Yes. Um, so I've actually started to deviate a little bit from that and kind of, um, pick up on what feels the best for me because they're kind of like oh you can only do twice a day and da, 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 or maybe you can't handle it if you do more and I definitely think in the beginning I've been doing this for maybe a year and a half or something <clears throat> at first I'm not sure I could have handled you know more than 20 minutes a day but but as time's gone on and I've like listened to myself I'm like no I can do more um mm -hmm. because I need I need more <laughs> um but yeah, it's funny that you that you bring that one up because when you asked me if there's anything I don't necessarily want to talk about, but that I said I wanted to talk about, um, that was one of the things that I'm like, oh, I feel like that's one that's one right on the edge where, you know, it's not really a part of my branding as a as a stripper, you know, mm -hmm. to be spiritual. Although I've seen a lot of women do that, and I really like that, you know, like the sacred slut kind of mm -hmm. energy. Um. And so I think I've shared a little bit about that on my Instagram, but more just like a meme here and there. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't really like divulge to a lot of people the extent to which it goes or sure. the kind of beliefs I have that may or may not be alienating to some people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. I have a whole list of things that I just kind of keep filed away off to the side because I'm like, it's not really on brand, like you said, and yeah, open up a whole can of worms. And yeah, so I definitely get that. Yeah. But thank you for sharing what you did, for sure. Um, yeah. You know, one of the things that I love about your brand is that you dance barefoot sometimes. Um, I do. Yeah. And I used to hate seeing strippers be barefoot back when I had mad issues when I was still dealing with horphobia and my, you know, my whole idea of what women should look like in the club was very fixed and, um, you know, douchey of me. And so, but then I see you dance barefoot on stage at the club and I just, I can't get enough of it. Huh. You, yeah. I just, I just want to gobble it up. Um, you know, I think I, I definitely took that from another girl I saw. There was this girl, um, who's amazing, talented, probably the best dancer, you know, ever to grace that stage. And occasionally she would do that. Like not, I, I don't even know that there was a rhyme or reason to it. Or sometimes I think she wanted to do certain tricks that she couldn't, you know, do with, with heels on. And, and I just remember it striking me in a way it was like that feels like weird but intimate and nice and like I don't know yeah and especially in person there was something about that that I was like and so occasionally I don't actually ever do it on purpose when I'm performing for people um at the club like that's something that like when I was just messing around doing videos you know mm -hmm. uh, for Instagram um I would do but occasionally I'll forget my shoes um and I will go on and perform barefoot, you know, and yeah. no one ever really says anything. I think I've had like one guy be like, oh, I like your bare feet or whatever. Um, but yeah, 
I do very, very rarely do I do it intentionally. Well, actually, I don't think I ever do it intentionally for like the main crowd. <laughs> yeah. So you, if what happens if you forget your shoes? Like, what shoes do you wear on the floor then? Just like oh, so um, I wear little slip-ons that are kind of like black and cute. Yeah, slip-ons because I can't handle walking around in the heels in a dark club anymore. Like, I didn't start dancing till I was like almost thirty. And now I'm 35 and I'm like, I'm not walking around on this uneven carpet in eight inch heels. Um, I mean, I did, I think for several years, but now I'm, I think I've seen other girls do that too, where they just wear their shoes, slip their shoes on when they get to the stage. Um, and so what'll happen sometimes is I'll forget that I didn't have shoes at the stage. Um, yeah, got it. I love it. Or, you know, yeah. so that's how that, that works out. But yeah, I don't, I don't like wearing those, those heels around yeah. I, I've eaten it I've eaten shit too many times <laughs> well yeah so when I used to work at the spearmint rhino they used to have um peppermint patty bowls of peppermint patty mints everywhere and you know people would spit them out half eaten on the floor I don't understand why they would do that but they would <laughs> and if you didn't see it which was really hard to see like you said in a dark club on like cheetah spotted carpet Yep. And we would step on a little tiny mint patty. You just eat shit. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if yeah. the carpet is un uneven, it's, it's like super dangerous. Yeah. 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 I'll still occasionally do it. Like if I'm in a hurry or whatever and I have like our boots, boots are not really easily like, you know, taken on right. and off. But then I'm always like holding on to everything and just making sure because I'm like this is my moneymaker, you know, my body, I can't, yes. you know, go risking it. So, yeah. So you started at 28. Um, you've said that more than once. I mean, you said it in, um, in the notes between you and I, and, and just now is, is there some significance, um, about your age for you? Um, I think that it seems for the most part, um, irregular, um, for women to start that late on. And, you know, I was Mormon and married till, till then. And, mm. and so my life was very different. So, so yeah, my experience is, is, I don't know about unique because I've seen other women come in, you know, in that age range, but not as frequently. Right. You know? And that their experience is quite a bit different than the, the people, you know, that started at 18. Yeah. Yeah. I know a woman who started when she was 40. My sister started when she was 40. Oh, your sister is also a stripper? Yep. Her name's Cookie Cake Rock, and um, she dances in San Francisco. And I, I uh, trained her into dancing, and she was 40. Yeah. Okay. So we got to we gotta talk about that. So she <laughs> sees you being a stripper, her little sister, and she's like, hey, yeah. I want to be a stripper too. Yeah. I think she, you know, a lot of the reasons anyone is interested is like, oh, that seems... Uh, flexible, lucrative, empowering, you know, um, I, I'd like some of that. And, and she's done very well. She's in a very different market than I am. Yeah. And, and she, you know, does it, it's a very different, um, cause she's worked here and there. So okay. I know that she's just talked about how, and I've tried to work there and I'm like, I can't. <laughs> in San Francisco? Or really anywhere. I am so conditioned to working here. Okay. Um, I think I've been like, oh, it'd be nice to travel. Like I know a lot of dancers do, and I've tried to do a little of that, but I'm like, I, I yeah. just want to go back to my bubble. Yeah, and that's understandable. I mean, we all have, you know, comfortable comfortability levels are all different. You know, I love traveling and going into different places personally, um, but I also was stuck in a bubble at Jumbo's for eleven years. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long Dang. time. Mm. I've heard good things about Jumbos. Yeah. I mean, it's just like anywhere where it's good and bad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There yeah. were the great parts were the best off the charts, you know? And, and what was really off the charts for me was um, the people that I worked with, um, the dancers specifically. And as some of the bartenders and bouncers I was close with, but the dancers were. And the customers, just incredible mm -hmm. people and 
really like several years long friendships with some of the customers and some of the dancers. So it was good for those reasons. Yeah. Yeah. It's run pretty poorly. Hmm. I haven't seen a lot that are, um, ran very well. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm, I'm actually curious about like what Utah is like. I mean, is it, I mean, because you're you're on Instagram and you see the activism that happens and some of the things that people talk about. Can you commiserate with some of the same issues that you've been seeing shared on social media? Yeah, I do. And I there's a few dancers here that are um, much bigger advocates than I am. I like mm-hmm. I said, I've been cocooning. <laughs> sure. Um, but. But yeah, I relate to the censorship on Instagram. Um, I've recently removed all my videos that were in the club. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I've been shut down before and, you know, wrote a, a letter and was like, um, I wasn't breaking the rules. So what's your fucking problem? Right. <laughs> but um, um, is that what you mean? Or like what? I mean, I see I kind of just agree with everything I've seen from strippers. I, I listen to you you were talking to someone in a podcast I was listening to before this and and you said how much you love sex workers and I just feel the same way like I just I love all of them I support what they're fighting for and yeah and in the ways and in the ways that I can I will support them there's um have you heard of swap yes so a couple of my girlfriends do the chapter here oh great yeah and so I will donate time or photos or kind of whatever um, to stay kind of involved with them or, you know what I mean? So I think I try, but I definitely can see um, how many women are like really much, much doing much more than I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. And it, it takes a, a ton of commitment, time, emotional labor to do that type of work. And so I don't, you know, however anybody shows up for that is, you know, based on your own personal, I guess also what I'm asking is like, did you, do you see issues like in places that like, have you experienced some of the issues that you see people talking about in some of your workplaces? Um, like what specifically? Um, like do you pay house fees and oh force tip outs and things Uh like that yeah yeah that's um a bunch of bullshit that I can't understand (laughs) and and all I can think about with that is like it's just time for us to move on and start forming our own businesses clubs bars um but but yeah at my club right now uh they they raised our percent to 30 30 percent when we came back from covid and then we have drink requirements, you know, so we have to get, you know, five drinks, which has come back recently. They took that away, you know, during a lot of this um, pandemic. But then, so that's back. And then you're also, you know, expected to tip out on top of that to people, <laughs> which are like the people I actually want to tip out, like DJ and bouncer and stuff. Right. Um, I do feel the need to be like a little bit careful, but I also feel kind of like, in a wild moment in my life where I'm like, fire me. I just don't care. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, I'll just go somewhere else. Cause I'm a dang good employee. Like I show up on time and I do my job and, yeah. um, so, so yeah. Um, yeah, I, I have a lot of problems with that. I have a mm. lot of, and I, and I've worked most of the clubs in Utah. Like I took a break from trails cause trails is like my home club. And I, I checked out, you know, what's going on with all the other ones. And it's just all a very similar story. And yeah, it very much so is. And I see it, yeah, not just in Utah, just kind of. Yeah. I find it really interesting that you chose to use the word employee to describe yourself. Oh, really? Yes. Because, I mean, legally, that is what you should be classified as. But, but yeah, um, no, I'm a 10-9. I'm an independent contractor. Exactly. The, and the majority of strippers refer to themselves as such. So I found it, it was just so interesting how without even thinking, you called yourself an employee. And I was like, aha, <laughs> because you are. <laughs> you are an employee. I mean, yeah, they don't want to treat us like we are. But Correct. We are. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We have schedules and everything, too, at my work where, like, we have to work a certain schedule. You know what I mean? It's not like um, outside the state where 
you can kind of, I mean, from what I understand, there's more flexibility or, or is um, it kind of changing? No, it kind of depends on where you are. So some places, so like at Jumbos, for instance, we would put in a schedule, um, like when you're available. So you'd say, I'm available these days and these times. And then a schedule would be made. And um, it was, if you wanted to change your time slot, like depending on who you were, it was really strict. And, and she did end up laying down this rule saying like, you can't change your shift and you have to get permission to change your shift. And you can't, like if something comes up, like, oh, hey, I forgot I have this thing or, oh, hey, I need to go whatever, it was really hard to change your shift, which, which was what creates labor law violations, because that should be really easy to change if you're an independent contractor. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Yeah, hence why she's being sued for labor law violations, just one reason. Um, So but in a lot of other places, if it was big enough, if they have like two to 300 dancers on the roster, it was it's a little bit more flexible but they just raise the dance, the house fee. Like if you come in after 10, then your house fee is like $200. Like the house fee goes up. Yeah. Yeah. Is it similar? No. We oh, have, cause you I have mean, schedules. We have schedules. And right. so, yeah, it is hard to change your schedule. You know, mm. I've always, like a good employee, I always, um, <laughs> I've just avoided that. I think I've had one call in in like the five years I've been there. So um, and I, it was like a legitimate reason. <laughs> and so, yeah. um, I've tried to always be good that way so that like, if I ever do need the flexibility, so if I do, you know, ever need it, I'm, I'm like, you know, have, I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. Like I, I've, I've earned flexibility, you know, Yeah. Like, but I don't ask for it. I don't require it or like, you know what I mean? Expect totally, it. Totally. Totally. Yeah, that's so interesting because so I, I I love to stalk my guests on Instagram. I've already stalked you like for like a year now, but I needed to get refreshed. Yeah. And you had made a post um, about how, uh, you know, it's a privilege to learn about your privilege, basically, as a white yeah. person that, um, you know, and it was really interesting, some of the comments in that post, um, <laughs> specifically by other white women who were just very confused um, with what you were trying to say. And I just, first of all, want to thank you for um, being a white woman and, and posting content like that, because as white women, I think it's really, really important, especially right now. Um, but like in Utah, it's, it's a lot of white people in Utah, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And in the club, I mean, I'm sure it reflects the same inside the club, right? Yeah. 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 And that's just really unfortunate. I'm sorry for anyone who's, you know, has to deal with that in that area, but have, have you seen anybody like speak up or, or have you been experiencing that just, I guess, in personal life as well? Like being a white woman who understands that we have work to do, like what's been your experience lately? If you don't mind me asking. Um, lately, not as much, you know, like when, you know, there was uh, protesting here, I went to probably a, I marched in like eight of the protests and I, like, I don't really talk about these things. There's, like, a lot of the things that I don't share, I'm kind of just, like, my work is here right now. I'm not sure when the yeah. work will be more more out there, but right now I know that the work is here. You know, I grew up yeah. conservative, Mormon, like, yeah. these, like, racism to me was, like, I was, like, that's not real because all the kids that go to my school that are Black, like, I love them and everyone loves them. It's totally fine. That's not real. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, these weren't things I would say, but I know that they were, like, thoughts and feelings I had. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, over the years, being, you know, exposed to more information and history that's not whitewashed, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I've had to do a lot of that work. And I've seen a little bit of talk. Um mm-hmm. I'll, I'll engage with people about things. I, I know I had an engagement with some customers. Um, it was really bothersome yeah. <laughs> because they actually weren't from here. They're from Texas, mm. <laughs> um, mm. but it was 
two white guys and a, a black young man and they were talking shit to me about the protesters, not knowing that I had been a part of the protesters. And so yeah. they're going on and on and talking. And, and finally, you know, they shut up for two seconds. And I was like, oh, well, that wasn't my experience at the all the protests I've been at, you know. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then um, I just felt so uncomfortable because they were there for work and they were with this, this young black man. And I just was like, that must be so uncomfortable for him for, for all this to be going on and for him to have to like be working with these guys. And I don't know. So, yeah. Um, that I, I think I had a few like smaller things like, like that, that just were like, I tried my best to, um, articulate how I felt about it. <laughs> and yeah. I wasn't, I'm not willing to engage with people who are not going to have a real back and forth or like a genuine listening of each other you know like and so I don't really get into a lot of conversations like that because I'm kind of like I I'm reading your vibe and I don't I don't like your vibe you don't seem like someone who's gonna but I'll I'll definitely tell you where I'm at and how I feel yeah yeah and your your comments too to this one white woman who was pretty much like I don't see the problem or or I think she was like offended because I've seen this where um white women are like get offended that anyone's calling it out but your comments back were just so compassionate and poignant and it looked like you know she ended up did listening to a certain degree you know and I just found that um inspiring because um you just have such a calm demeanor about you I'm like on the verge of tears yelling at white people on my Instagram. <laughs> you know, um, I know how people got through to me. Um, and some of it was that some of it was seeing people react in those ways. And some of it was someone, you know, who might have a background like I did, who's got a little compassion for people who um, are not well educated about these things and, yeah. and can calmly, um talk about it I think both are really important I think the reason I go about it the way I do is because um I remember the times that that was effective for me also right and because it just feels like my role I feel like it's important for me to like okay where's where you know where's my part here you know yeah yeah and I do think it's good to have like different approaches so that way you know, you capture, cause there are some people who are like commenting and they're like, whoa, like, I'm not going to listen to you because you're being too harsh. But then there are some people who are like, oh, like waking up from it. So it's just different approaches help sort of wake up different people, you know? So I found it to be very refreshing and calm and nice. It was awesome. And also I was very pleased because um, full transparency, I am looking at my white friends and deciding who to follow and unfollow and what to say what to, you know? Mm -hmm. So I saw that and I was like, yes, you know, I was like, you know, a conversation being had is just so important right now. So thank you so much for doing that. Yeah. 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 Um, Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) You do. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. Um, So Okay, so one of the things that you wrote to me when I asked, what are some things that we don't know about you, um, is that you were a high-status woman in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints before you left. But you were also Mormon. Is that the same thing? They are the same thing. Okay, great. So for some reason, I think because of a lot of bad PR with uh, the the phrase Mormons, mm-hmm. um, in later years, they really were pushing this um latter-day saint thing Mm. i think they were always called i think they were always called always called latter-day saints but because they um sell the book of mormon (laughs) that's not what they call what they do but right because they sell sell a book called the book of mormon people had nicknamed them mormons but because they didn't like some of the things that went along with what people assumed about mormons which were true (laughs) right like they're trying to distance themselves from the name but it's but this the practices are the same like the sheet with the hole in it is that a thing that mormons do um i think that was potentially in the past i did temple work and i i talk about it here and there um 
I still have family that's Mormon, so I'm still kind of a little bit respectful where like part of, of me is like, this is bullshit. I hate what I was conditioned to believe. But then the other part of me is like, there was some good there. Sure. Um, and I understand why some of my family is still in that. So I kind of try to, you know, walk the line with that where I'm like, I don't want to be too, I don't want to disrespect uh, their sure. feelings. But yeah. um but yeah, I think there's some weird things in the temple, but they're all from uh, Freemasons. Mm. It's all traditions and rituals. Yeah. From, um, uh, Joseph Smith, who founded the religion, was a Freemason. His family were Freemasons. Whoa, so there's crossover between Mormonism and Freemasons? Um, Mormonism is just rebranded Freemasons. Like, oh, I did not know that. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm sure that there's lots of people who wouldn't say that that's true, but based on what I've understood, um, yeah, it's completely derived. Well, you are a high-status woman, so you know stuff. <laughs> I think um. it's so funny that I said that. I didn't remember that I phrased it that way. But I just meant, I think I was trying to articulate that, like, I had full membership, which means a temple recommend, which means you can't drink alcohol or coffee or, like, you know, you can only be with the person you're married to and just where you have to wear your garments which are these holy underwear <laughs> like um so yeah that like there's different I wouldn't say even levels I guess just that like I had full I had gone all the way <laughs> yeah gotcha I drank all the Kool-Aid that's all <laughs> okay <laughs> and I just I find it so interesting that both you and your sister because I'm assuming that she also grew up Mormon because Huh? grow up together that that you both is she still in the church as well she's not two okay. of my sisters are still mormon and me and the other one are not okay and also i just want to make clear i'm I'm not asking to disparage mormonism either i'm just so um curious about being um you know very religious and then being a stripper later in life which yeah. you know is not too typical slash I don't know maybe it is the last you know we just had an interview with someone who was in a Christian cult and then became a stripper later so what was that like uh, it was wonderful you know if you've been repressed uh your entire <laughs> life sexually repressed you know that feels uh really good yeah um to feel the openness of that and uh, I don't know. It just was really nice for me. But of course, I still have my hangups, you know, and still have some conditioning I'm trying to like undo. But yeah. Yeah. I just I find it fascinating that um, like, that's where you went when you after you left, you know, Mormonism. It's like, I was still Mormon when I started stripping. Well, okay. Yeah. I um, had even told my bishop, who's like your leader, and as long as I was, you know, paying my 10% of my income, they didn't seem to care. <laughs> um, that's also part of the membership. Oh, is, you know, okay. Oh my paying gosh. 10% it's like, of your income. It's like you're paying a house fee to yeah. the Mormon church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Totally. Um, which kind of brings me full circle to like my spirituality that like, I feel the same way about that, that I do um, dancing where I'm just like, I don't, you're not the gatekeeper for this for me. I'm tired of like acting as though you hold all the keys to the kingdom for this when that's totally backwards. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. So yeah. I mean, there would be no kingdom without you. Yeah, I am you the know. kingdom. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but same with spirituality. I didn't, you know, I think that's, I think some of my roots and why I am spiritual now it does have to do with certain things I was taught growing up. And, and some of those things I still align with. Um, maybe like 30% or something, you know, yeah. like be a good person, take care of your family, you know, just kind of basic. Yeah. Be a good person. Uh, stuff. I can totally see um, you as an elementary teacher, which is I was what you oh, were. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> I've got notes because yeah. <laughs> um, you're just so like calm and soft and kind, you know. So, and I'm 
it's just so nice. So nice. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. And comforting. How long were you an elementary teacher for? Um, I did that for four years and I actually was just, I was a tutor for the school district. I don't, I don't know if I just tried to summarize it on there or what, but I would tutor kids in math and reading and I was studying uh, to be a teacher at the time and I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. As, as I got older, I kind of, I have a daughter, she's 10 mm-hmm. and I felt like I'd been very conditioned to believe like children and family were like my main priority. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of nice to be a stripper and be like, this is more about me and what I want. And like, it was nice to, I don't know, correct that imbalance a little bit. Cause like, yeah. I love my daughter, but like, I have a life too. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and I was a nanny too for many years. And, and I, so I don't know, I enjoyed my years of working with children. I really, really enjoyed it, but I definitely was ready for like a shift. Yeah. And does she know that you're a stripper? She does. I told her last year she's Mormon. <laughs> oh, great. Um, which is hard for me. Sure. Really, really hard for me, but her dad's Mormon. Okay. Um, so yeah, I told her last year and just, it was that feeling of like, I think she's either already knows or will find out and I'd rather be the one to tell her. Right. And so, um, I just was like, I'm not totally sure. Remember how I said it, but just that she knows I do pull. I usually have a pull in my house. She does pull with me. Yeah. Um, she's been to pull classes and stuff. And so, so nice. And she knew that all my friends, I'd be like, um, this is Megan. And then later I'd call her Chloe. You know what I mean? <laughs> Why <laughs> like, does your friend have two names? <laughs> yeah. And so, um, and, and a couple years before that, I think she might've even been knowing then because she would always ask me, what do you do at the bar? And I, cause I'd say I worked at a bar, which even that, you know, as a little girl who's Mormon, um, is a lot. And so she'd be like, well, what do you do there? And I'm, I don't like to lie. And so I just would be like, um, whatever they need me to do. And then she's, she's super, super highly intelligent girl. And she would be like, well, but what exactly do you do? And I was like, and I finally just broke down. And I think I said, this is years before I actually told her. And I just said, I serve drinks just cause I'm like, I don't know that she's ready for that. I, sure. I want to be sure I don't. I don't know. And so then when I did tell her, I, I just, you know, I said, I know, you know, I work at a bar, but I, I actually dance there. I don't serve drinks. And I've been hesitant to tell you because a lot of people don't, um, aren't very kind or respectful to women who work in those kinds of jobs. And I said, I really love my job. And most of my friends that you've met, you know, work with me and are also dancers. And, and I kind of try to explain you know, that there was a sexual element to it that, you know, I, I dressed in revealing clothing and I, you know, danced on the pole. And, you know, I was just trying to, I wasn't quite sure. I'm like, it, you know, this is new yeah. territory. <laughs> yeah. And so I just, she was so great. She was just so perfect and wonderful. She was like, well, mom, if that's what makes you happy, you know, like oh, you yeah. should be happy. And, and, and these are, every time I've come to her with something new like this, she just handles it and, and so I think people worry so much about their kids and what they're going to like, Right. they're not going to be able to handle this, but it's like, no, they're fine. They're totally okay. Yeah. Um, the only problem I saw with it was that I felt the need to like, tell her to maybe not mention it to a lot of people because, you know, she's got a lot of little Mormon friends who, if you're not Mormon, their parents may not let you hang out with them, much less if your mom's a stripper. Right. <laughs> and so... I, I think I just told her to be kind of discerning about who she told because like, because people might react that way. And I think she did tell one of her little friends and I, yeah. I, I got the feeling that the friend was cool, but then that friendship kind of cooled off. And I was like, I wonder if she regrets telling her, I don't know. Yeah. It's just a weird thing. Um, you know, all my family knows and, and her, you know, family, you know, like my husband's family and they're pretty nice about it. They just don't say much about it. <laughs> Yeah. I know that. I know that life. That's my dad's side of the family. They act like I don't have a job. (laughs) Right. They don't really ask me how my work is going. (laughs) Yeah. And And that's fine. (laughs) 
my dad was hardcore Mormon and he would ask me, he'd be like, how's work going? He, you know, if my car broke down, he'd come to the club and talk, talk with the bouncers and be nice to them and then leave. You know, I'd be like, dad, you can come in and hang out for a minute when I'm not working. Right. Oh no, no, I wouldn't do that. But yeah, no, um, you know, he was, he was a cool Mormon. He wasn't a regular Mormon. (laughs) Yeah. That sounds lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm glad your family knows. I'm it. That makes me happy that people that strippers are able to come out. And I understand that not everybody can, not everybody has that same privilege that, um, some of us do. So, uh, yeah. and what, yeah. And, and it's so funny because when you, um, when you, when I asked you to be on this podcast, did you not know that I was the host of this podcast? No, I don't mm-hmm. really listen to podcasts. And so, cause when I asked you and I have to tell the audience this and thank you so much for doing your due diligence, but you were like, excuse me, ma'am, but are you a stripper? That was your response. I, did. <laughs> I totally did. Cause I was like, no, I don't, I've been on a lot of podcasts. I've, yeah. I've, you know, I don't listen to them very often, but like I've been on a lot and mm. I'm totally like, I don't want to be on anyone else's podcast. That's not a stripper. They're fucking awful. Yeah. Well, because it's a lot of like, it's not, then it's like gazing and dissecting and like, you know, analyzing us and putting us in this like sort of like when you cut open a frog in school, you know, just like this, what's going on here? As opposed to really getting like what we get with each other, you know? So yeah. when I, when I saw that, cause you were the first person to ask me that nobody's asked me that. <laughs> um, everyone's just like, oh, okay, I guess. But when I saw that, I was like, fuck yes. Cause that's something I would do. And it's, it's something yeah. I'm doing right now. Actually, when I get hit up for interviews or school papers or, um, workshops or anything, I'm like, have you watched the stripper symposium yet? So I asked them. No, I haven't though. <laughs> you haven't yet? You haven't watched it? Can we it? still be friends? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no. And I'm, I'm talking more about like civilians who hit me up not strippers okay. stripper you live this life you you know this life um but yeah if you want to see the stripper symposium i highly highly recommend it it was very good and this is a psa to everyone else that's listening if you have not seen the stripper symposium and you are interested please hit me up and i will point you in the right direction but um but yeah same z's i'm like have you seen the stripper symposium yet are you a stripper do you know anything about strippers rights right now and um so i've been able to turn down a lot of things yeah it's been really nice yeah i've noticed um something that i feel like is really good but not always that good is that i f- i tend to like i only want to i only want to associate with strippers sex workers I, I've gotten to this point where like, I, I don't want to talk to anyone else. Like, leave me alone. I don't like even friendship wise or whatever. And which I, I feel there's a little bit of it that's gone too far sometimes for me, <laughs> but like no one, I, I'm like, how do I even talk to you? How do, how do we even, what are we going to talk about? Your vanilla ass life? <laughs> 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 what are we going to connect about? Like, I don't, yeah. um, but yeah, I've had to do more of that. I've been doing um, more film work and like I was doing production assisting and I've had to be in these environments where for like 12 hours, I've got to act like a normal person. And I'm like, I hate this. I hate so every boring. second of this. I know. So boring. I know. Boring. You just want to like say and do inappropriate things and you just can't. Yeah. Or just be very real and raw. Yeah. And like that's not how people operate. I feel like outside of our community. <laughs> No, true that. Yeah. 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 It's very like, it's restricting to not just be able to blurt out what you're thinking. And for me, it's like, I do a lot of like titty grabbing and like just in everyday life, like I'll just be chilling and just like grabbing on my tits and shit. And that's not (laughs) something you can do just in front of anybody, you know? It's totally acceptable. I know. know, If you're hanging out with strippers and sex workers. I know. Well, not and strippers strippers are sex workers that was hard for me a few years ago was to like Mm. um adjust to that realization of like i am a sex worker yeah Um, yeah yeah i've seen others i didn't mean to separate them no no i hear you and i've seen other strippers really try to separate the two and lately i've been getting that question from civilians in my dm 
do you consider yourself a stripper or sex worker? And I have to say, well, strippers are sex workers, but not all sex workers are strippers. So yeah. yes, I'm a sex worker. But if like I'm not stripping right now, but I'm still doing sex work. Mm-hmm. So there is different, you can be both. So it's like having to educate on the most basic. Um, what what was like kind of the turning point for you? Because there's other strippers that still won't associate and call themselves sex workers, even though they are under the umbrella. So what was that for you? Like the aha moment, do you suppose? Maybe you'll help others. Um, I think it was, you know, a culmination of conversations I had overheard. I think it was seeing people on both sides. I think it was starting to wonder, you know, feeling like I was obviously on this side, you know, but then starting to feel like I'm not sure I am. I'm not sure I identify with people acting like um, they're better or different Mm. because of different categories of sex work they're in anyways so I then it it was something I looked up I looked up um because I think I'd seen some dialogue about it I looked up sex worker and I saw that strippers on Wikipedia were classified (laughs) as sex workers and I was like I think I sat with it for a couple days and I was like oh okay um how do I feel about this and and at that point I had been exposed to more and that's what I think started to turn the tide for me was like I had met escorts and prostitutes and um people in all areas of of sex work and porn stars and and had made really good friends and connections with a lot of these women and that was where I think the turning point was 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 like oh they're they're human just like I'm human and and for me to not think that is the same way people are dehumanizing me for being a stripper. And these are the conversations I've tried to have with other dancers. Cause I think there's, there's a ton of that, you know, and I've, that's the only thing I think I've argued about at work was like, you know, they were saying, Oh, so-and-so's doing this and that. And I was like, so that's really none of your business. Right. Right. Um, well, they can't work here if they're going to do that. And I'm like, yes, they can. Why should we get to say what they do outside of here? Like that's right. I don't know. Right. I just started to, yeah, just not feel like I agreed with everything. Yeah. Like that. I mean, classifying each other in under, under the umbrella of sex work is, um, it's literally something that is in the intro of this podcast. Classifying each other is dangerous. It's divisive. It's, um, and it marginalizes other people. Um, and for no other reason than us dealing with our own internalized horphobia that we've grown up with and that we have inherited from birth. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I've got lots of stuff I had to work through from growing up Mormon and feeling like being sexual took away from my value. (laughs) Right. As a human. And, and I've, I see that. And I think that was also part of what started to come together for me is I'm like, I didn't leave one shitty, you know, ideology to come here and have another one. Well, the thing is, though, is that that that's not, you know, Mormonism isn't the only beholder of whorephobia. That is, I didn't grow up Mormon. And that was instilled in me to a certain degree. I thought if I do this, but not this, then I'm okay. You know, mm-hmm. so I had the boundaries that I set on myself were to avoid um, dealing with fear of retribution from friends or family because I would have been too much of a whore if I overstepped a boundary and therefore my value and worth as a human being would be lesser than. And then mm-hmm. therefore I also continue to judge other people for going past those boundaries that I wouldn't because and then not wanting to be associated with them. Right. Like, well, like same, like what they're saying. Well, they can't work here because I can't be in the same room as them because then people will think that I'm them. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm so happy to be free of those shackles. Mm-hmm. It really yeah. does clear up your brain and like help you love more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter which no part of the industry you're, you know, part of doesn't matter exactly thank you i'm very glad that we share the same sentiment most strippers that i interview do i know how to pick them 
Want to be fabulous just like these strippers? Pay attention. It's stripper tips. Okay, so I wrote some notes. Okay. It should, it'll, it'll be brief. But um, okay. my stripper tips were um, uh, don't let work be everything because that's something I've fallen into um, where it was so good for me for so many reasons. I, I think I was like, now this is my life. And I've kind of had to go, no, actually, that's not my life. You know, like I I have other things and I want to do and like that's an important part of it. But like it's not everything because I right. think it, it got me into a place of like being really caught up in a lot of the dramas and things um, yeah. and the politi- politics. And, and now I've kind of just backed away a little more and been like, nope, that's not my, you know thing and so I guess that would be my my stripper one of my stripper tips was um to kind of make time for yourself and your other interests and like I said earlier be investing in like your other businesses and yeah passions and your health and like you know um because it's like oh but I'm getting paid for this sometimes I was like I just gotta do this all the time now yeah um (laughs) but let's see what else oh I was gonna say fake it till you make it uh when people are talking about confidence, I do think there's a certain truth to like, um, kind of acting the part for a while. And like, um, you may not feel completely confident, but I think with time and practice, it starts to become more internal and like, you Mm. can, you know, um, do that. So I think that was it. I love it. Thank you. Yes. Mm -hmm. So true to your personality. I love it. Get ready for our rapid fire question round. It's time for four for one. Question number one. Is there a fictional character on TV or film or books that you totally identify with? Um, I like Phoebe on Friends a lot. Um, I don't know. I just, she's kind of quirky and weird and like has like a quiet uh, wisdom to her. And I feel like. I got a little bit of that. Like yeah, I sound I like I'm that. crazy, but I kind of, I kind of am not that crazy. <laughs> Phoebe is <laughs> very likable and she's actually my favorite friend on friends. I think all the rest of them are insane on that show. So Phoebe is a good choice. Um, Have you heard that some people think she was a sex worker? No. Like if in you real life? It, no, like in oh, the like show. Character. Yeah, the, the character. Yeah. Oh. That she wasn't actually a masseuse. She was a sex worker. So if you watch it with that kind of thing, or it's interesting oh, because okay. it does kind of seem that way. I'm going to go back and watch it that way. No, thank you for that tidbit. I appreciate that. OMG, yeah. the ice cream truck just pulled up. What are you going to get? Pistachio. Mm, damn, that's a fancy ice cream truck that you got in your town. What's a home <laughs> remedy that you swear by? Uh, I, I take a lot of baths, like a lot. And I swear if I'm not feeling well, I'll take like five baths that day. day. Wow. And, or I like when I, I wrote a little book and I wrote that in my bath over like seven hours, I spent like seven hours in my bathtub. Oh my God. You're like that guy on the Truman show. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> old guy that spends the entire time in the bathtub. <laughs> yeah. I can do that easily. I love it. And yeah, I do feel like it cures everything i love that last question what stereotype of your zodiac sign do you think is a hundred percent true for you um i'm a cancer and it's the crab and i do feel like i can sometimes have a hard exterior or maybe even a cold exterior occasionally um icy potentially at times but i'm real soft and sweet on the inside uh and a little sensitive yeah (laughs) so I feel like that's pretty accurate. I love it. I can see that. Thank you. So how can more people follow you, know more about you? Or what are your handles? Um, I am mainly just doing, and even that I'm not doing much, but Instagram, uh, Molly the Stripper. Um, let's see. I am starting a podcast. I have eight episodes. I'm going to wait till I have 10 and then I'm going to release it. That's called Ask the Stripper, which is awesome. funny. <laughs> it's very similar to yours. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I basically just ask or, you know, answer questions people have asked about me personally or about, you know, the work I do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty like a personal podcast. Um, let's see what else. I'm going to be 
I've done, I played a stripper in a movie. Well, I played a stripper in Yellowstone, the TV series, and I'm going to be playing a stripper again in another movie. And I kind of wanted to like shout that out. Uh, yes. Just, I want people to watch. It's called uh, An American Murderer. It's got like Ryan Philippe and uh, Tom Pelfrey. And- wow. Ryan Felipe, he's doing work now? Come back, I guess. kid. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And it's got Adina Men- Menzel, the lady who plays Elsa. Okay. Um. Anyways, so yeah, I just you know watch watch that and okay. keep an keep an eye out for me. And um, also, me and my sister are starting a food truck, and it's called Coffee and Pound Cake, and it'll just be coffee and pound cake. So I love that. Um, just thought I'd plug all those things. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> that's too many things to plug. No, no, no. It's where's the food truck going to be at? Is will it be in San Francisco? You know, or it was going to be in Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm not, we've, ha- we've been a little contemplative about whether or not we for sure want to do that. But um, yeah, we're still working on it. We're renovating this really big food, like a trailer. Very um, cool. So yeah. Well, I love coffee and I love pound cake. So I'm really excited to see your new truck. So Good. thank you so much for spending so much time with us today and for sharing your life. It's been yeah. an absolute honor getting to know you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And thank you to everyone for tuning in. As always, tune in next Wednesday when we have another amazing episode. Have a great one. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. This episode has been a production with Period Podcast Network. Find out more on Instagram at Period Podcast Network. Be sure to follow us on Instagram too at Yes, a Stripper Podcast. And you can find us on Twitter at Yes, a Stripper Pod. Please like, subscribe, and rate Yes, a Stripper Podcast here on YouTube. See you next week.